I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey, Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. Oh, oh, we didn't talk about who was starting it, did we? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, TGIF. It's Friday. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes. Um, I'm in like complete hibernation mode. I was just telling Lindsay that <laughs> I, I really do love like the Christmas side of the business. However, I like get really burnt out on it fast and I like literally can't even bring myself to make my own wreath <laughs> for my front door. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot do it. I'm like, if I touch another evergreen, I'm just going to lose it. So yeah, I'm like, very grinchy. I'm going to let it rest for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> I had uh, a friend texted me and said, like on a scale of one to 10, my uh, friend Joanna texted said, on a scale of one to 10 with Christmas greens, are you like, you know, one being you're like fine, you want to keep on going and like 10's like jumping off a bridge. And she, I said, I'm actually (laughs) good. I'm like, I feel really good. And then yesterday I texted her. I said, ask me again, because I'm going to have a different answer. I was over it. This was like way too early. That was like early December. Now I'm just like... (laughs) Done. Done. It sneaks up on you. It really does. does. Yes. You're just like, I feel like even on our farm, it's like the last hurrah, you know? And then Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, (laughs) I'm ready for hibernation mode. Mm -hmm. The sap gets to you after a while. (laughs) Yeah, it it, it does. I'm like, how many times can I uh, burn myself with a hot glue (laughs) till I'm officially pissed? Yeah. (laughs) So. I know. I was um, doing the social yesterday for Dirt on Flowers, and we were doing – we're, like, getting into all of our dahlia splitting. So mm-hmm. it's fun. I really – like, last year, because I was working, I wasn't on the farm at that time. So now I get to hang out in the greenhouse with the employees and split tubers. So it's nice. It's nice to have the downtime and, and have that additional freedom and just, you know, just doing kind of easy – you know, not easy work, but mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's, it's a nice break. Oh, I'm going to ask you that question again in a month if you're still enjoying splitting dahlia tubers because I figure that's probably one of those questions, <laughs> the same answer. It's like, it's good now, so it's not. Yeah. She's going to be like, yeah, yeah. Look at another tuber. Yeah. No. Well, we moved our um, dahlia tubers yesterday. I, I know you know this, but um, we – the area that I've stored them in for a few years, I've kind of battled with – Like it's a great location, Mm -hmm. but it's not perfect um, because it stays a little bit too warm. It's like in the inside of one of our buildings. And so if it warms up outside, it kind of gets that like heat radiates in a little bit. And I just noticed we checked on the tubers and um, they just don't look exactly how I want them to after being out of the ground, you know, a month and a half, six weeks. So we moved them all yesterday, which was, we just had to laugh because it was like, of course we're moving these crates again. (laughs) Again, yeah. <laughs> just all we do is shuffle those things back and forth, but it's all right. We got it. I, I feel way better about moving them. So, Get yeah, there. peace of mind. Yes, important. Yes, absolutely. All right. Okay. So we've got another 
<clears throat> spill the dirt today because you guys, honestly, I like I love the questions that come in. And every time, every Sunday, we post it, and I'm thinking, like, well, are, do they still have questions? And you guys always do, and they're always so good, so thoughtful. Um, so it really is nice to take these episodes to get a chance to to connect with you, and hopefully, we provide some value for everybody else too. So, all right, Lynn, do you want to do the the first yeah. question? I do. All right. So this one came in from Freak for Dahlias. Uh-huh. I like it. Uh, and she asked, how on earth did you work full time and start a flower farm? Do you want to give them the truth? Tears. We- <laughs> get Okay. Trail first of, of all, get a therapist. Okay. <laughs> like that's just off the bat. If you're working, better help. I hear a lot of podcast, you know, advertisements oh, for them. Yeah. Um, no, just kidding. Um, kind of. So, man, I know we, like, we put this on there and I was like, how do we answer this? Like, what is the, how do we? what is the answer? How did we do that? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think, do you look back on it at times and think, how did I actually do it? Because uh, I do, yeah, you know? I, yes. When you're in it, you don't realize Mm-hmm. what you're putting into it now you have like that like beginner's excitement um but i feel like there's this idea out there that what we do is easy <laughs> so, yes so i think everyone gets into it thinking that oh you know oh, i always hate when customers say this to me i hate it oh isn't it just fun working amongst all the flowers in your <laughs> garden um i'm always <laughs> yeah don't you just love your garden i'm like lady I mean, I just okay. wish that they knew. You. Wow. <laughs> um, but it is so – it's a lot of work. And I feel like when you're in it at the beginning, you have to understand that um, there's going to be times when you don't know how you're going to do it. You just mm-hmm. do it. Um, yeah. I know Lindsay and I say this a lot to each other. It always gets done. It always gets done. And honestly, it does. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's hard. It's a balance. And I think that's where like your time management is really going to kick in um, because a lot of times, I, I mean, I, not that my job got the crap end of the stick sometimes, but a lot of times like I was literally managing the business from my mm-hmm. text messages, like mm-hmm. do this, do that, do this, you know, yeah. trying to like do things on the low when I had to. I'm not saying to do that, but um, I feel like you will figure it out. It's going to look different for every person. It's going to be maybe it's starting small and growing. And every year as the farm grew, my number of hours at work decreased a little, just a little bit, not a lot. You know, this is my sixth year and this is the first year I've really like been here when I'm like air quoting full time. Um, So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a slow gradual and you just do what you can, um, but you really do set some definable goals for yourself. Yeah. I think that's where I the goal piece was like, I, I, I knew what the end goal was for me. And that kind of helped. Like I knew that there was like a destination, right. And that was for me being full-time on the farm, Mm -hmm. but time management Mm -hmm. for sure was huge. Um, Mm -hmm. communication and having those systems in place to communicate to employees, employees was a must. I couldn't, I could not have done it to the scale that I did without that. Um, but it was, yeah, I always say grit, but like it really was a pe- there's there is a grit component to it that you kind of have to just it's hard. It's a hard it's hard. Um yeah. 
and uh, being the time management part is being focused. So on whatever the task is I had to do. But yeah, there was a lot of management from afar via text message or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I did a lot of lunch running. I worked after work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was just, it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. I mean, it was a, yeah. and that, I guess that's why I always ask, like when it comes up to people, you know, and and they're feeling very burnt out and it's like, well, what do you want out of this? You know, is it to, cause a lot of people are like, I'm not going to quit my full-time job. This is just going to be a side hustle. It's like, okay, well, how do you make that? That's fine. But how do you make it that mm-hmm. you're not, why are you doing it then? Like, is it to make extra money mm-hmm. and then creating it so that it, it's manageable for you? Um, because it's very, it is really hard to do. I had great people. I had great employees, but it's, yeah. um, it's still very hard. Yeah. I think if you're creating a plan, I mean, if your intention is to go, is to be full-time on the farm, then you need to start doing some like financial analysis into figuring out what, what is that going to take and then working backwards. So for me um, and for us, for Judd and I both, it was figuring that piece out. How much did we need to make in order to get there? And then how and then how do we get there? Then we work backwards. We're like, okay, every year we're gonna try and grow by I don't 20%, you know, I would say. So it's like, what is the the gross gross profits and then the the income generated that that we can do this? So it, it all depends on what you want. And you have to expect that it's gonna be hard. Like the flower farm is, isn't going to always be the top priority. And actually, if you're already working 40 hours a week, it'll be the second priority because the majority of your time is going to be spent at your full-time job. So you have to expect that in the evenings or on the weekends that you're doing, that you're working and you have to the, really be okay with that. I mean, a lot of what we naturally do, I mean, is on Saturdays too, you know, whether you're going to markets or doing weddings, any of that kind of stuff, you can create a business to not be it that way, but it's like, what, what do you need from the business? And then working backwards. So working full-time is hard. Maybe you don't even have the expectation to ever quit your job and that, and that would be fine too. So, um, I think it's really like keying into, do you have your business set up to be what you want? And you know what, if you are doing it part-time and working your full-time job, that's completely fine. But you, then you have to take some serious consideration to what income streams and what business avenues you're taking with your farm so that you can really dial in and make those things super profitable, efficient. Your farm is set up to operate those things. Like do a couple things really good um, instead of trying to do too many things. It's like, again, like looking at other farms, oh, they're doing this, that. And to me, like chasing all the things is where it's going to get really hard. This is what I love about us because you just said what I was thinking, like the next thing I was going to say about you can see how as a business owner having all the things, right? Uh, weddings, farmers markets, CSA, da 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 da, florist, all mm-hmm. this, that then becomes a whole lot more to manage. And it's like simplifying it. That's why it's not that you aren't capable of doing it, um, but simplifying your offerings makes it easier to manage if your goal is to still work off the farm. Um, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that is. The other thing is when you were talking about working backwards, and I would do the same thing and saying like, okay, so I need to sell 
if my bouquets are X number to get to this number, I need to sell this many more bouquets. And that was helpful for me to see like, okay, so I want to sell 500 more bouquets a week. How do I do that? And then you can break it down from there to say, these are the places. This is how, you know, through a CSA or the farmer's market or whatever, you know, whatever your avenues are to get to there and figuring out like how to pay yourself. It's literally each part of this is just going through a step. Like you're saying, you know, like this number, I want to hit this sales number. So then I break it down by bouquets. And it's the same way of like, I need to make this much per per week, per month to be able to cover my bills. And then you work from there mm-hmm. to say like, how do I hit that number? So it's it's not anything that we can even tell you of like, Somebody told me once I actually worked with a consultant that said, you know, in order to pay yourself the salary that you're making now, you need to make X number per year. And I was like, how could you, you, and I took it as gold. I was like, okay, okay. You know, I'm like, oh, and I, I hung on to it. And then after a bit, I started, I really thought about it. I'm like, that doesn't make, how can she say that? Because I went back, you know, and I just started looking at my own numbers and it's like, well, she has no idea if my expenses are as much right. as that, you know, so it was really, that's why we've always said on here, we just, we encourage you to do the work and the thoughts yourself and anybody that gives you a hard and fast, like this is, <laughs> this is how you make this much yeah. money per year. It's like that run, run. Cause they can't mm-hmm. tell you that unless they're yeah. your financial advisor. I, I just like encourage you because yeah, I mean, the beauty of what we do is that it allows the business to be what you want it to be. Example, if you work full time, you need to figure out how, how can you make X amount of money? Maybe it's just, you go to the farmer's markets on Saturday. So at night, when you come home, you're cutting, harvesting, making bouquets, and that's the time that you dedicate. Or maybe you just do flower subscriptions and CSAs. And you were just like, when you get crystal clear like that, then you're everything becomes easier and less to manage. So I think Mm -hmm. if you are somebody who wants it to be part-time, then you need to get crystal clear on the things that you're doing. If you want it to be full-time, then you need to set your goal revenue and then work backwards with a plan, like a real plan that you follow through and check up against. That that is my best advice. It it, it doesn't happen on its own. It's going to take some serious work and it's going to take saying yes, maybe when you don't want to or putting on your boots when you ain't feeling it, you know. Okay. Um, this next question is from Jessica Newfeld. Managing the business with young kids, one and three-year-olds, they always come first, but I want to succeed. I mean, I feel like this is like at the heart of my business, the, the way that I grew it was like, I, and I don't know if you guys have listened to my the our opening episodes, but when we started our business, we had a three-year-old a one-year-old and an infant. So I had three kids in diapers when I started my business, which I like, I still think about those days. And you know what? You're just, you're just so in it. You don't even know any different. But I think about like the vision that Judd and I had even for our life at that point was pretty amazing seeing where we're at. And so I encourage you, first of all, to like enjoy that phase of life and your business and to try not to be resentful of it because um, we're trying to do a lot 
you know, and we're trying to manage these little, little humans who, who need us. And I feel like I owe my number one goal was to never look back and wish that like I would have done things differently or put the business ahead of them. I feel like you need to find this like happy medium where your life meets the prioritization of your kids. It's hard. It's really hard. There were times, I mean, there were some days, man, I tell you what, and we were working mm-hmm. too. So we were dragging kids, um, you know, pop, you know, trying to make it fun and being exhausted and putting them in mm-hmm. the wagon and drag. I mean, I, I have some, pic- I should share those on the dirt on flower page yeah, because sure. I have getting pictures that would make you feel so good about what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really, it was hard. I mean, it was mm-hmm. tough. I'm thankful yeah. that I had Judd um, to like as being a support system. But at the end of it, now now looking back, because my kids are in a different stage of life at this point. You know, I have a ten year old, a seven year old, and an eight year old. So my kids mm-hmm. are not managing themselves, but they're they're not mm-hmm. as needy as like a one and two year old is of my time. But I look back on that time and I think, oh my gosh, like how did we do it? But we we just did it. You just mm-hmm. you figure out how to incorporate them into the thing, and you and you again talking even back to how we're working full time and starting a flower farm. You create the business to work around what you need from it, and that's yeah. why I I absolutely am so passionate about the things that we do is because um, the business could be what it was, and me manage my kids at the same time, and I can still have those big dreams. A hundred percent. Just because you have kids doesn't mean that you can't have all the big dreams. And I think I look back and I would, it was hard, but I wouldn't change it for a single second. There's nothing that I would have done differently. I still would have taken the Saturday mornings away from my children for that one year to figure out if farmer's markets were right, because that led me down a direction thinking like, Hey, I think this time is better spent with my kids. You're going to have to figure that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When Judd and I would go on our Saturday morning Canton Farmer's Market, it would like literally be our date, mm-hmm. okay? we like get a donut, get coffee. You know, we try to like make something of it because like we like never left the house. Mm-hmm. So that's how I saw it. That's really how like – so it's like we had to make it work for what we were doing. Of course, the, the kids are always going to come first. But you know what? What I realized with the business is that the things that I prioritized got done. And the things that I were like overanalyzing or didn't mean anything, when those things were put to the wayside because I just didn't have the time or energy for it, it was fine. So I really did. I really tried to figure out what I wanted to do and then grew it really small, like along with my children. As they grew and I got more capacity, then the business grew. So I think like a lot of people will always think that, oh, mom, I have these kids and how am I going to do this all? Um, you do it at nap time, you do it. And then you, you like literally thank God every day that you get a job. Like if you're at home with your kids that you get to be there with them. Like there are people who would drop their kids off at before and after care and then go to work and then pick them up at like five o'clock and get to see them for like one hour before they go to sleep. So mm-hmm. instead of trying, I think like really look at it like with a sense of gratitude that this business has allowed you to do that. And that's how I always felt too. So as my job got less time, um, as I worked less at my full-time job, I became more mom while I was working. And I, I don't regret, I don't regret a, a single single second of it. There were a lot of late nights. And just like if you're working a full-time job, you're going to have to find that time that is not there a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're going to have to find pockets of time to do it. And you are going to become so efficient in the things that you do. And you're going to be some 
become so crystal clear in your priorities for the day because you do have that time to devote. So yeah. And you, your kids are getting you to see what their parents fulfilling a dream. I think that, you know, I, I don't have children. I, but I do still experience, it's not mom guilt, but I still do experience guilt when it comes to growing a business and having big dreams. And I, even going back to like the full-time piece, it's like, communication with, you know, your spouse, your partner, your family. Guilt is a huge thing that I, that I carry, but your kids are getting you, you and Judd, you know, seeing you and Judd to live this out. And I think that's mm-hmm. there's so much value in that. hundred percent. The way you guys communicate at it from the outside looking in, I mean, how many times have I texted you? I'm like, you guys are my like I, idol couple. <laughs> like I just, I no relationships. Perfect. I just adore you yeah. both so much. And like your kids are great. And you know, it, it just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I, I can't imagine how you're managing, not only you are managing a full-time job, a family, you know, and finding time for yourself in there and growing a business and pretty incredible for you guys to look back on too. Thank you. In, in the, in the young years, your, your identity is like so wrapped up in the kids. So sometimes it's hard to like imagine an identity outside of meeting their needs every day. But I guess I just want to reassure you that you're so much more than just a person who meets other people's needs. Um, You're allowed to have your own dreams, wants, visions, all of that kind of stuff. That is something that is reachable for you, you know, even when it feels like you're in the daily slog of keeping everyone happy and healthy. You can do it. It's it's not perfect, and it's good for your kids to see to see that like what what is what goes into and life is not perfect. I mean, I'm like this is not some perfect bubble that we all live in. They get to see the good, the bad, the dreaming. They get to see you know Judd and I create visions for the future, talk about it out loud. I mean, they see the good, bad, ugly. I really do try to present mostly good though to the kids, just because mm-hmm. I want them to not feel like what we do is like a burden to us. It's not, but sometimes you know Judd and I are both like external processors. So yeah, so am I. <laughs> we like to talk it out and the kids, and the kids get to hear that. And it's, it's not always good or bad. It's just, um, it is what it is. And we're really trying to be good examples for them. So, well, I think you guys are great, great examples. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So the last question we have is from three little buds flowers. Hi, Joanna. And her question is starting over with bear land. Uh, what would you do differently when building and planning? I've actually thought about this specific question, not because I'm moving my farm, but I do think back to like, what were the pieces of advice that I got that really helped me? Um, And then how, Mm -hmm. like, what do I wish I would have done differently? Man, see into the future. Uh, I I think- really. Gosh. One of the things when I first started, a piece of advice somebody gave me was having uh, breaks in my bed. And that really worked for me, meaning like, you know, thinking about from an efficiency process, do you really want to, once the flowers are up and grown, walk a hundred feet down without a break? So my beds were all set at 50 and they still are for the most part, 50 seems to be the number, number that we've settled on. But as we've scaled the space that I started in up top, my farm's very chopped up and I kind of wish that I had started everything in my lower field, like concentrated everything to one space. Uh, So our workstations up top uh, with some growing fields, two of our greenhouses, uh, some perennials and peonies. And then as we expanded, you know, I've got another tunnel down below, our U-Pick field. So I guess I would have done a little bigger dreaming 
Um, you know, like what's my like ideal scenario? My mom would always say, honey, you're going to fill that field with flowers. And I, I couldn't see it at the Aww. time, you know? Um, and now I'm like, damn, like we are, we are creeping on that field. <laughs> Moms, they just, they're the best. They always believe in you, you know, your they mom is the sweetest. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> Angel, the freaking woman walks on water. Yes. But I, I would say getting a plan on paper, that would be one of my, the things that I would recommend. Like it, because of, if you're going to put water out in the field, uh, you know, mm-hmm. access to electricity, you know, all the utilities, those sort of things. I think coming up with like a big vision of like, what would be your ideal scenario and then cover crop it all. <laughs> that would be my, that would be my <laughs> two cents, but just forward thinking with, pl- with planning. And I guess yeah. that, you know, even down to like buildings and location to cooler, you know, like that was uh, another piece of advice that somebody gave me was uh, having your cooler close to, you know, your location. So I actually worked out of our field for a little bit at first and I was like, oh yeah, that's where I want my cooler. Cause it was the closest. Mm-hmm. Um, and now as the farm grew, I'm like, maybe we need a second cooler, you know, yeah. down below. So those, those pieces I think will evolve with that, um, as you go, but yeah, just even, even, um, with a cooler, somebody had mentioned a step, like, do you want a step up into your cooler? You know, like even just thinking like those extra motions, I don't know. It's just things that you, uh, wouldn't necessarily think of at the time, but I don't know. What about you? If you were starting from scratch? Well, I mean, it's so it's hard. It is hard because like when we started, we had like a house, like we had like not a in farm infrastructure, but we had a house, you know, that we had to work around that had certain, I don't know if yours is just like an extra piece of land or it does have, but I, I echo everything Lindsay said, considering utilities, water, I think of all the essential things to your success and considering how close everything is to that. So for me, it's like thinking about how you want work space to be laid out. So I definitely agree with making your rows a manageable you're going to have to think all the way back to like, how are you growing your flowers? So if you're going to be mowing your rows and your rows obviously need to have enough aisle space for your mower to run through them. We, we screwed that up at the beginning. We're like, we're trying to jam as much flowers into a teeny tiny spot. So let's make the aisleways, you know, there's no money in the aisleways, all that stuff. But, Mm -hmm. um, and I agree with all of that, but, (laughs) but it has to work with how you manage your farm. And if you're going to be Mm -hmm. mowing aisleways and stuff like that, then I think that's, those are things to consider. Turnaround, turnaround space at the end of rows. Like we kind of map our fields out into quadrants um, so that in each quadrant, there's like at least 10 feet between that and the next quadrant where tractors can turn around um, gate. If you have a gator, like some type of utility, they can drive up easily without, you know, like almost being on flowers. So Mm -hmm. I think depending on how much land it is, there's different considerations. Are you trying to cram as much as possible into a small piece or do you have the ability to spread out a little bit and thinking about how like access roads that you, how do you want your equipment to run through your farm and trying to create like those pathways so that they all make sense and everyone has the ability to turn around and do the things that you need in that space. One other consideration is, do you want people to see your flowers from the road? Yes. So like for me, nobody sees our flowers from the road um, because we're like up on a hill, the house is, and then the flowers are like up behind us. So no one sees them, which has been really, which was really nice when we were first starting. So I I think like I would take a lot of consideration into that because now we're in this age of like 
agritourism a little bit. So people are just going to, if they see flowers, man, they are stopping. They are, there are mm-hmm. no boundaries anymore. Mm-hmm. So depending on what kind of business you run, that could either be in your favor or it could be your worst nightmare. I would really consider um, if there's a house on the property and you're going to be living there and like how close do you want, if you're going to have people on your farm, how close do you want people to your house? So I would consider things like that. Yeah. Oh, and for the love of mm-hmm. God, space your high tunnels further apart. <laughs> I I second that. Yes. I mean, yes. there's the amount of sh- snow shoveling I do. Mm-hmm. Regrets. Regrets. Regrets yes. on that one. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to maximize. I can fit three tunnels up there. And then yes, it's just I learned. Yeah. We, we have, yeah. we have one tunnel that literally creates a snow wall in between the other tunnel and like literally took Judd two days to dig out that one tunnel and our other tunnels are spaced more apart where he can fit the tractor down i'm like oh my gosh oh that's so nice why why do we do that we we don't have very much flat ground where we live remember last year we were texting like are you seriously are we shoveling this stuff are we doing it and i was like yeah we're doing it it's like i can four it's see 400 milligrams of ibuprofen times four times a day times to 3200 milligrams of ibuprofen and about two days, you can shovel out between two hundred twenty yeah. foot tunnels. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, if you're also if you're thinking about if you're going to be putting a well on the property and there are already is not an established well, trying to figure out like usually like places on hills have to dig your well deeper in order to hit water. So kind of trying to figure out like where you want and how you're going to run irrigation and all of that kind of stuff is good when like trying to to lay out the land. All right. Well, I really hope you guys found some value. We truly like I tell you what, I love this fill the dirt. So usually Lindsay puts together these episodes and I'm always I never know what questions you guys are going to ask. <laughs> And it's always fun. <laughs> it's always fun to answer even these even these questions that truly like they don't have have like a crystal clear answer, which that's mm-hmm. what makes them hard. That's why you're asking me. We want the answers so bad, but really, all, a lot of the answers are within you, which is the hard answer. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I hope you guys learn from our experience and all of our mistakes. So that's why we're here. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have not left a review, could you please just pause and go do that or do it right after this. Just a few words really do help others like you guys help find us and we get to be in more ears each week, which is our goal because I really do feel the impact that we're making. I love hearing from you guys and I hope that you leave feeling really inspired each each week. Um, Okay, guys, we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. 